button. I'll do my little spiel. Three, two, one. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Wholesome Monk Podcast. It's your boy, Wholesome Monk here. And today, I'm joined by the homie. As you can see behind him, the manga library. I just want to dive right into it. Like, talk to me about how you've discovered your love for manga, because this is this is it's impressive. Like, talk to me about that. Yeah, for sure. So, pandemic. That's that's first things first, right? So yeah. I'm a I've loved anime my entire life. I thought realistically that everybody watched anime because when I was like I'm talking first second grade, my sister would come home from delivering papers and put on Inuyasha, Cowboy Bebop, and I, like that 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 was my morning cartoon, right? Yeah. So I thought everybody liked anime. So uh, I'm growing up, and then all of a sudden, 2020 hits. And everything stops. No anime is being produced. I was so looking forward to High Q season five. It stopped. <laughs> I was looking forward to ev- all the new anime that was coming out. Everything 2021, 2022. I was like, well, what am I going to do? So uh, I live in Florida. Nothing should really shut down in Florida. So I, I put my <laughs> mask on. And I went to Books A Million. And yeah. I discovered the manga section. And I was like, oh my God, that has a manga. And that has a manga. And that has. So I was just like. I, I knew of it, but I never read it. So I was going around and I was like, okay, so oh, I'm looking for all my favorite anime that I was just a really big fan of and really looking forward to the next season. <clears throat> so it was between The Promised Neverland and Demon Slayer. And the reason I chose those two was because uh, they were the furthest along in their uh, in their manga and they were the two anime that I was most excited about that came out in like 2018 2019 so i chose uh the promised neverland because i had more volumes excuse me and um started reading that i bought volume i think the second season started at like volume four or five so i picked it up i bought it i went home and i read it in 10 minutes and i said (laughs) i just spent ten dollars on 10 minutes of my life this is going to be very expensive so yeah. I had looked for online places to like just read manga and I read all of um, all of the promised Neverland on the Viz media app for like two bucks a month. And I just, I read that for like a week straight and I fell in love. I was like, this is the greatest. It's like an anime, but in, in a book, you know? Yeah. And I fell in love with that. And I, then I immediately went and I started demon slayer on the app. And then I just started collecting physically. And thankfully my books a million does like trade-ins. So a lot of people would trade it in old manga and then I'd buy a lot of manga and then I started the manga book club and then my friends had manga that they were selling and manga that they found used. And then I would buy it and just long story short, it ended up to be this massive library. No, I think that's impressive. And I, I, I like that you touched on, um, you know, kind of like your, that, that fact of like, you know, the pandemic happened and then you kind of like, you know, you never really read manga like that before. So you just like saw, oh yeah, this anime that I, I love has a manga and that kind of thing. I feel like that's how I began. And I feel like yeah. not a lot of people <clears throat> at least point that out when I asked them. So I thought mm-hmm. that was super interesting because I know when I started, like my technically my first ever was Naruto, but like manga wise, physically, but I didn't really like understand what it was, right? So the first mm-hmm. one I understood what manga was, was Spice and Wolf. Because uh, I loved the anime and I was like, oh shit, mm-hmm. there's a manga for this thing and or a comic book, I call it at the time, but like manga. Yeah. 
And uh, and I just I was like, okay, this is something I'm going to want to do. And I didn't really get to get really back into it until like you, just like you in the pandemic time or when it started. Yep. Um, so that that's always very interesting. So I'm curious now, talk to me a little bit about the leap from, you know, collecting manga and, and reading it to making content about it. Because that's definitely a jump that not everyone makes or can make. So I'm curious about your personal mm-hmm. journey with that. Yeah, so I would say my collection really started in, I think it was November, December of 2020. Because that was the first time that Books A Million had a buy two, get one deal. And it lasted for two months. And this was in a time when like no one really was like a big manga collector. It really took off in 21. Um, so I, I was looking for manga that I wanted to branch out into. So I remember I purchased... Um, basically what was season four before the anime came out of attack on Titan and Kaguya Sama above his war and um, Jujutsu Kaisen, because when, when the manga had just released, that's when I started to like collect manga. I think there were like three, three or four volumes out at the time. And this was when they were like massively in stock. So I, I bought um, first three volumes of Jujutsu Kaisen and the first three volumes of uh, love is war. And then I just made a video about it. I was like, Hey guys, if you don't know, this thing is uh, doing a buy two, get one deal, get one free. And that just kind of like took off on its own. And then I started seeing other people's content. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And all of a sudden I started getting like these big name people following me. And what I, what I view as like big name is like 10,000, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100,000 followers. Yeah. And um, so next thing you know, I'm like, oh my God, people actually enjoy this content that I'm creating. So I started doing different takes on it. Like um, I would do manga hauls on Obviously, I would talk about the mangas that I got. Um, I would talk about deals that were going on. And then I would do like funny skits. So like um, I did one one time where it was I bought like 100, not really. I think it was like $120 worth of manga, but it was like 30 or 40 volume. Yeah. Because they were all used. So it was just like me going back and forth saying like, hey, what's going did you buy a lot of manga? It's like, don't be mad. I did, but I got a really good deal. You know, just that funny yeah. kind of content where p- other people could relate if they had someone else like monitoring their buying. So, uh, but yeah. So, so that's how I kind of like transitioned into the the manga creation style of TikTok. Uh, no, I think that's I think that's really clever and funny. You know, because <laughs> I think if we all had people to monitor are buying uh you know it it's one of those things where our pockets would thank them you know because it's 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 you know not only is it the manga collecting aspect but it's also okay you need room so it's about buying those bookshelves it's about taking those trips to target ikea or oh yeah you you know <laughs> so yeah that, if anything that's the more expensive part of the habit and then god I, forbid to get figures i tell you i'm not even showing it right now this is my like what you see, I've got literally like six box sets just sitting around right now. I've got like literally <laughs> right outside of this angle, I've got the Bleach box set one and the uh, box set three of One Piece just sitting on my, I got no room for them. You know what I mean? I love it. No, box sets are, yo. But I like, can't stop. I just, it won't, I, it, my body, my card won't let me. It's hard. Uh, especially when you get grown people money. It's just, it's just so hard. Um especially box sets because they're so like dude it, it it's taking me everything everything yeah. to not 
go get um the box set for uh claymore from right stuff anime like it or demon slayer or one of those other ones one second one one second oh oh geez Oh, oh, geez. Uh, 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 shit, he does have it. Oh. I do got it. But funny enough, I actually bought this from the the Reddit page of um of the Manga Swap Reddit page. And some guy was selling this for like 100 bucks. And I was like, oh, wow. I've never read it. I don't know anything about it. I just know that all my friends really like it. <laughs> and I sent him a message. I said, I'll buy this right now. I literally, I'm not even joking. I had like $80 in my bank account and i was like i've got like 60 dollars in cash i'll overdraw my account and i'll put the money in tomorrow so i bought it and that's actually what i'm reading like right now i'm in volume 12 like the the end of volume 12. it's phenomenal i really enjoy it so, well I'm, I'm happy you enjoy it though because you you went above so. and beyond so i'm happy you found enjoyment in claymore that's one of my favorite series so it's definitely i mean it's the thing about manga is so easy to get like lost in uh, you know reading it and like enjoying the world of whatever you bring uh, mm-hmm. is so unique. Like I see some of the manga you have, you have Vagabond, I see mm-hmm. Jujutsu Kaisen, I think that Spy Family on the top wall, my left. It is, yeah, so, yeah. So there's That's, so many that that left side is more of like my new age manga. So I think I've got like Call of the Night, uh, Mashal, Spy Family, Love Is Kill uh chainsaw man jujutsu kaisen and then underneath i've got like haikyuu and hunter hunter food wars blue exorcist and then like i've got more of like my sanian shelf right there like naoki Urasawa and um what was the other one uh takahiko inoue which is like slam dunk vagabond the whole nine big fan of big fan of them I was about to say, Slam Dunk is definitely impressive because I know it's in, it's it's definitely gotten a, uh, back in circulation a lot or like back in stock, I have to say. Um, but it's still really impressive to get like a massive collection of it because it's still kind of difficult. Um, I was curious about your take on, I mean, based on what you said, you could be part of this. So I'm curious mm-hmm. uh, of your take yeah. on the the manga buying frenzy that's, that has really transpired since like 20, late 2020. Mm-hmm. yeah so i i'm a little i'm a little iffy on it i see like for me for instance i i was apparently one of those people i was buying a <laughs> lot of manga but it's not like i was doing it to like take away from other people and i wasn't doing it to resell this manga you know what i mean yeah. Um, I was doing it because I wanted to read it. I wanted to collect it and I wanted it to like be on my shelves. Um, now, have I read every single thing here? No, because I'm an adult and I have way <laughs> too much, you know, work to do, but do I enjoy reading manga on a daily basis? Absolutely. Um, I don't know how other people are, so I can't speak for them. Meaning like, I don't know if they bought it in bulk or like bought all the really hard to find volumes to sell it online, to sell it at a high price. I know like people do that, um, but none of my friends do that. None of, none of the people I associate with do that. So um, it's kind of, it, I wouldn't say it's the people who are buying its fault. I just think it's the world circumstance in which they just can't produce like they used to. You know, they first off, this was never even like thought of like in the top 10 comic book sales, like 
eight of them are like manga. You know what I mean? So if they had more people to work at the printing factories, more, more paper, more, whatever it may be, and they were pushing it out constantly, then I think it would, it wouldn't have been as bad. Uh, but I was probably considered one of those people who was buying just way too much manga. <laughs> it, it's, it's a funny dynamic because I was, I'm in the camp where I can see people's frustration with it, mm-hmm. but I don't see a big problem. Resellers, that's a different thing. We'll get to that in a second. But like, just in terms of people just buy, mass buying it and then enjoying it like yourself, <coughs> I feel like mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that because I mean, it's just like the manga is there for people to buy it. And then you're yeah. saving the bookstore because let's be honest, they won't say it, but manga saved Barnes and Nobles. I don't Absolutely. care what anyone says. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will never deny that. My book's a million right now. Like every employee knows me. They walk in, they're like, Hey Gabe, what's going on? I'm like, what's going on? And since I've been there, um, the book's a million has literally doubled by like, let me see. So that's 12, like at least 24 shelves. And I'm not sure if you've ever been in like just a Barnes and Noble, but like the size of shelves that they have, it's like, 24 of those like they they're still expanding it as we speak they're adding six more today and i was like wait a second the letter i is is way down here now it's not way over there Are you guys expanding they're like yeah that whole back row right there six shelves more manga that's that's great i mean that, that and that's what's all about i feel like um the culture and the generation that is coming behind ours is going is going to grow up on this more than we did manga wise anyway and mm-hmm. i can yeah. see it being a major point of influence just like how american comic books were a point of influence for people at that time and space mm-hmm. so i definitely like the, the the shift in that and i feel like it a lot of stores are starting to adapt that and you know online retailers starting to form and get more popular such as like right stuff and all these other all these other websites but now let's transition into, into the, I guess, the dark side of things. Mm-hmm. Where do you think this will, like, when, how do you think it will end with these resellers? I'm not talking about people, even if you hike it up to, like, 10 extra dollars, I don't, I personally don't have too much of a problem with that. I know, I know the reselling game, but to do it, like, mm-hmm. to pay anything, like, to pay $100 for any manga, any one volume, any one volume, I don't, I don't, I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, is insane. So what's your thoughts about that? So I think as more manga is produced, I think that the resellers will disappear, but that doesn't stop when manga is no longer printed. You know, like if you go to, I know there's a store in, I'm pretty sure it's New Jersey. And um, if you know, Nisha, Nisha, the nerd. Yeah. Yeah, so she she went to the store and there's like all this really old, they don't make it anymore, out of print, just hard to find, just like really high-end manga. And they're selling it for, like you said, that $80, $90 a volume. I think as we continue to move forward, when, uh, let's say, mm, let's say Chainsaw Man in like 20 years, it's all done. It's there's no more volumes being produced. It's it's gone out of stock. It's gone out of print. In 20 years, it may be one of the most popular series that people are looking for. Um, and I think that's just the collectible 
like the collectible game. Like you see like baseball cards, um, yeah. <laughs> Pokemon cards, like Charizard. You know what I mean? Like when we were kids, that Charizard was in every other pack, you know, like it wasn't, it was hard to find, but it wasn't like a $10,000 card. I just think as time moves forward, the, the manga that people really enjoy um, that they no longer make will continue to be sold like that. But I don't think the common volume, like, I, like for example, when Chainsaw Man 4 came out, people were selling that for like $50, $60. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think once uh, publishers can keep up with the demand, I think they'll fade out. But I think the collectible high-end manga will continue throughout our time. That's just the collectible world, you know. Which is I find it so I find it so interesting. I like the comparison you made to like trading card games or like stuff because I feel like and what got lost, um, at least I know it happened a lot, but I, I guess I didn't experience that as much. Is it's called trading cards for a reason, and I feel like that aspect yeah. of that got completely lost. Um, because it used oh, yeah. to be super fun to actually like trade your cards, or if you lose a game, you know, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like manga because of the book, you, I guess you can trade or like, I mean, you trade people trade in stores all the time, but like, I guess trade around. Yeah. There's different things I feel like we could do to circumvent. Like, I feel like the idea of like, hey, you're not using a manga anymore and just like to give it to someone else or to give it to a goodwill or donate it to libraries. I know libraries are trying to stock up on their graphic mm-hmm. novels manga comic books etc um so i think there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways we can do this and i, I always found it interesting to like think about it because i didn't know how bad it was until i saw other manga creators talk about it and because yeah. i'm not on those websites like that so like um i always found it very interesting i was like someone said they were selling spy family volume one when that was hard to find um at like i think people were doing it from anyone from 100 200 and i was like Dude, Spy Family Lake is super popular, mm-hmm. so it will come back. Yeah, sooner rather than later, especially since it's Viz. I know Viz. The thing about that's another one, thing. One too. manga that I'm having a really hard time to find. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean that. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, one manga that I'm still actively searching. There are two volumes every single day since like November of 2020 that I've looked for and still can't find, but I refuse to pay over price. Uh, Banana Fish Volume 16. That's really, really, really impossible to find. Yeah. And um, what was the other? Uh, Slam Dunk Volume 3. Can't seem to find it. Don't know where it is. It's just gone. And for the longest time, also, I have it right here. Let me reach back over here. <clears throat> Dodo Hidoro Volume 23. Impossible to find forever. They made this a very limited run, and then they just stopped. Uh, I think it was because it was in 2020. Like, they just stopped. And so everybody and their mama was looking for this volume and the people were paying upwards of like 80 to a hundred dollars for it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm never going to collect Dory Hidoro. I bought like the first like five volumes. I said, I'm not going to continue until I get volume 23. When I get volume 23, I'll continue to collect it. But until then, I'm not going to do it. So I mean, yeah. it's just difficult to find like a lot of little manga, but like all my friends if you find Banana Fish Volume 16, please buy it for me. I'm like, shoot, I'll buy it for me too, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's tough out there for a manga collector. But obviously, I have a lot. There's just some manga that I just cannot find for the life of me. Yeah, it's I mean, it's tough. I feel like, um, and I want your opinion on this. 
I feel like the communication, I was telling, mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend Laura and uh, Colleen and Nisha and a lot of people about the, how hard it, like the communication between publisher and consumer is like non-existent. Yeah. And so a lot of this pirating, a lot of the things that happen is because there's little to no communication mm-hmm. between whether it's Viz, Kadansha, yeah. all these other places, they don't communicate nearly as much. And I, and I, I feel for the social media team, if they even have one, um, yeah. because I know what it's like, and I know what it's like, especially if you just got like thrown into that kind of role and you kind of like do that because there's a huge base bigger mm-hmm. than any, any time in history in America anyway, for it. So it's just like, it's an impossible task. But there, it's just a lack of communication. I feel like these people to want to buy because they're like, well, Viz won't say anything or anything. Yep. They won't give a, a realistic or any kind of timetable. So I'm just going to go buy this $80 thing um, or like, oh, I'm just going to go pirate this thing because they're just not going to produce anything I even want to read or like anything like that. So what's your take on like the um, communication issues, I guess you could say, between publishing mm-hmm. companies and uh, the consumer. Yeah. So I, my first job that like my first real adult job I wanted to do was be in like public relations and, yeah. uh, and marketing and anything that I do. So like personally, I own a food truck business. And the reason I say this is because if I'm doing an event, I have to have communication between the the event coordinator and myself to make sure that the event is successful. When there is no communication, it is not successful. And if you want to have a a very popular social media page for a really big brand name, be as transparent as humanly possible. Walk us through your factory. Walk us through the process. Walk us through what you do on a daily basis. Like, I want to go to work with you. Show me what you do at work. You know, like just be open and honest and to just have that transparency between business. Show us that you're not just this logo behind a screen. Show us that you're real people. Like one of the best social media pages that literally it just has nothing to do with the app itself is Duolingo, right? Have you ever seen Duolingo on, uh, on TikTok? I know exactly where you're going with this, but go ahead. Yes. It's, they're so it's, they're phenomenal. Like I don't use Duolingo, but I love their, I love their marketing team. It's so funny. It's so transparent. It's so open. It's hilarious. And even back before that, <coughs> Wendy's. Wendy's marketing yeah, team Wendy's. was brutal. They had yeah. no filter. And when you take this really big name, this phenomenal marketing skills, and you you just be a real person. I don't want to see, come check out our $3.99 deal. You can get this today. Hashtag chicken nuggets. I don't want to see that. I want to see, you know, McDonald's, you taste like crap. Come get it, you know? Um, but the reason I'm talking about all of that is because I do 100% agree with you. If, if you can take this big name, this big company and say, sit down, show us your face, Tell us the struggles that you're going with or going through. Tell us what you want to happen. Tell us what you hear and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to produce. And just walk us through like, hey, this is the factory. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. We hear that you really want Spy Family back. We're actively making our, 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 our company produce more Spy Family. We hear you want this, that, and the other, and we're working on that. And that would change so much. I mean, that would just, that would make the customer more receptive like in the video game 
industry. When um, one of my favorite uh, creators was the creator of God, is, God of War. His name was yep. Corey Barlog. And um, he went on Twitter, on his personal Twitter page. He was like, hey, guys, I just want to personally say I'm so sorry. If this is 100% on me. The game will be delayed. I don't want to produce this flaky piece of uh, uh, of a game. I want to make sure that you guys get the absolute utmost like top tier quality. And this is what we're going to be working on. And this is how long it's going to take us. And instead of people just getting pissed off and saying, God of War is delayed. It'll come out this time. Like that would be a bad marketing idea. Just saying, hey, it's delayed. Hey, it's delayed. Hey, it's delayed. And not giving us any like understanding on why it's delayed. It's no good. But when Corey said like, this is what's going wrong. This is how we're going to fix it. And this is when it'll be done. Okay, I get it. I completely understand. Thank you so much. And I look forward to playing your game. <coughs> it's the same thing for the manga industry. If they just were 100% honest, straightforward, and let us know what was going on, I'd have no problem sitting back and waiting for said manga. Yeah, I think uh, you hit it, especially on video games. I talk about uh, delays all the time and how, for example, at, at the time we're recording this, Kingdom Hearts, got, uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 got announced a couple of days ago. And um, yeah, it's it's just like I had no excitement. This is why, and this is why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, games have been game delayed. Games game delayed is a normalcy, honestly. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. is to the point now that like I can't get excited because I know that no matter what date you put in my front in front of me right now, uh, it's mm -hmm. not going to come out. <laughs> like I know it's not going. It's going to come out like. It could be delayed for to hell in ten years. Like it could, yeah. just, it could be another Kingdom Hearts three. It could be. It, it, it honestly could be. So that's why I look yeah. at stuff with Grand Salt, and I get it. There's there's a number of things that could go wrong with games, and and you want to avoid crunch. But if you, if a company came out and said, "Hey, we want to avoid crunching our employee, we want to avoid all that nasty industry stuff," that is yeah. why this is being delayed. This is a this is a tentative or this is like the timetable we're working with right now. Then okay, I can be like, all right, at least mm -hmm. I know that you're not doing this because of greed. You're not doing this because X, Y, and Z is is it's better for the employees this way. I I would 100% get on board with that. But just yeah. delay things and just show shit off. And the, it, there's just no because it's just so long. That's why like that's why I appreciate about movies, especially like Spider Man or like at this point Thor and other movies. And MCU is that like the movie, the, the uh, trailers do not come out. They will not come out until like really close to the time. And you know what? I like that because at least I know I'm not going to see a trailer. And it's like, yeah, this is going to come out in two years. And it's like, why show me? It's, it's, it's annoying. It, to me, it's like it's the most annoying shit you ever do. And I feel like. Absolutely. I feel like uh, if, if manga publishers just put a little more effort into it because hey I, this is my that was my biggest critique against crunch rolls of other sites as well and why they're losing and why they can lose mm -hmm. to uh like pirating websites is because pirating websites have a lot more levels of engagement than some of these mm -hmm. uh, legit websites had uh for a long time it, it's mm -hmm. not until recent they really had that or trying to get more into it and the social media presence for a lot of these companies are there but they're not nearly there um to other places and i get it i get the logistics behind everything but at the same time it's like you gotta really sit back and look at it all and be like look 
we could do more posts promoting the manga that we have or promoting the anime that we have. Because my biggest problem is that there's little to no promotion of anything in North America when it comes to like anime and manga. Like it's just it's not the best. And they depend on mm-hmm. content creators. That's why you get these PR boxes sent. And I'm one of them. So like I'm not even trying to act like you know, I'm 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 part of that. They just send the shit. And I'm yeah. like, I get this. Uh, and, and I get why, because some of us have more engagement and then, but I'm like, if y'all just did a little bit more, you, you'd be, you'd be just fine. And, um, and I, and, 100% and, agree. and I know it's, I guess, taking from my pocket if I say that, but it's like, mm-hmm. I'd much rather take from my pocket a little bit and then let anime get its shine so that these series can get like ranking of Kings should have got a lot more recognition than it did from any website, Megalobox two. So there's certain, uh, certain uh shows that are on Crunchyroll's uh anime of the year or like their voting thing and no one heard of them and yep. it's like yeah because y'all don't promote dr stone they would not when dr stone was about to come out the first season they would not you could not go anywhere in anime mm-hmm. fandom while hearing Crunchyroll promote dr stone so i just wish they would get that energy to a lot more other series i get not you know you never know what anime is going to do but once you know your anime is doing well you know putting your ad the ad thing on there is not enough like no like, let's do a couple of cool posts or even sponsor ad with creators about it. you can do so many things and i feel like just, they just don't <laughs> sometimes if you got some of the anime like editors to do a trailer for crunchyroll and then at the end like black the screen out and then roll out the crunchyroll logo like exclusively on crunchyroll um, oh my god it would blow up. You know what I mean? It's just little things, just little things, you know? And I'm sure that they have someone who knows how to edit, you know? Just, hey, uh, here are some scenes from, from Ranking of Kings. We want you to throw it together and at the end just write, you know, exclusive to, to, to Crunchyroll. It's not exclusive, but you get what I'm saying. Like, you can watch this on Crunchyroll. It would have blown up. I mean, Ranking of Kings was by far, it's like in my top 10 favorite anime of all time. It is phenomenal. It is. And the fact that people are just dismissing it because one, they don't know what it is. Two, they see the art style and they're like, I don't want to watch that. It doesn't look very good. It's phenomenal. You know what I mean? So if they, yeah, 100%, I'm right there with you. If they would promote more and they would just put a little more effort into it, they would, they would one, increase their sales. Two, they would increase their subscriber count. And three, it would just be so much better for them from the public's view. Yeah, I think so. But I, I want to thank you all. I would thank you so much uh, for coming on this podcast and talking to me about manga and, you know, just shooting the shit with me. So where can the people find you on the internet? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm mainly very active on TikTok and it is at Gabe the babe underscore and it's G A B E D U H B A B E underscore, or you can follow, um, uh, the TikTok account that I made for manga exclusive at the Mon- or at manga book club. All right. And y'all know you can find me on all platforms at wholesome underscore monk. If I have the platform, it's under that ad name uh, now on YouTube as well, because I finally was able to change my username to wholesome monk. So uh, if you listen to this episode or you watched it, you're now 10% more wholesome than you were before you listened. Peace out, everybody. And just like that.